I'd like to uh, introduce our friend Gracia Lopez from Seville. Thank you very much for joining us, Gracia. And just to say a little bit to those of you, some of you have met Gracia in person in Spain. Some have not. So for those of you who don't know her, she's an assistant professor at the University of Seville in the Department of Arab and Islamic Studies. And uh, she's done basically almost all her research on Ibn Arabi. Her PhD was on one of his shorter treatises, Uqlat al-Mustawfiz, a cosmological treatise. And uh, she's currently involved in a research project um, linked with the University of Salamanca in Spain on feminine sainthood in North Africa. But her title today is uh, very appropriate for this kind of uh, meeting online, The Structure of the Universe as a Network. So, Gracia, without more ado, over to you and thank you. Uh, thank you, Stephen, and, and thanks everybody who is attending here today. Thanks also to the team of Ibn Arabi Society in Oxford for being always so so generous and so so kind with me and inviting me in this occasion to to join this extraordinary series of conferences about geometry of reality in uh, in honor and in memory of Michelle Chodkiewicz and Keith Critchlow. The, the starting point um, of this talk is a, a set of texts, of Ibn Arabi's texts, especially from Oglat al-Mustafis, this treatise that has mentioned Stephen, and, which is a, a short cosmological uh, treatise. And all of these texts are related to the idea of knot or node and um, bones or, or threads. It is not a presentation of um, perfectly close and comprehensive theory, but rather a, a suggestion of, of ideas that could be connected. Because it's, it is always difficult when, when it comes to, to work with the text of Ibn Arabi to make a def definite conclusion or a definite scheme of, of his uh, ideas. The, the first concept we will deal on in this uh, talk is that of the raqiqa, or a plural raqaiq, which can be translated as uh, such relations or connections, tenuities, it is this, uh, like uh, Chitik uh, translates it, and, and he defines them as uh, certain lines of influence, ray also, or thread. On the basis of Ibn Arabi's texts, Suat Hakim uh, defines it as uh, the links, sila, that are extended between the realities or essences, and they are similar to the rays of the sun, Asha, in its fineness when they reach the sight, the, the human sight. Each reality, according to Ibn Arabi, each haqiqa, irradiates rays, sometimes he Ibn Arabi himself 
uses this um, metaphor or image of the sun and the rays, rays that links the upper realities with the lower ones. And through them, knowledge and existence is supplied. It can be related also to the attributes or gender of creative things. So we have, for example, in his uh, work, Isharat al-Quran, that he says the masculine and feminine, which are united in the haqiqah, but ordered in the circle of creation, have differentiated their ranks before of a difference of raqiqa. So uh, the, the raqaiq have a lot to do with the pass from the unity to the differentiation or the multiplicity. Another image used by, by Ibn Arabi to explain how this raqaiq work is apart from the, the sun and its rays, the fire and the, um, and the smoke. He, he uses this metaphor in Tarjuman al-Ashwaq, his Diwan of Poetry, and he says that the, the raqaiq uh, link the realities uh, to make them become united as much as the smoke is united or connected to the, to the flame, to the fire. So everything, he says, everything is or becomes mupassil, connected and not muqatia. No, so it's very important in related to this idea of the raqiqa and raqaiq, very important the notion of absence of um, void or uh, absence of any any blank space between between things. Everything becomes mutasila, no? uh, connected. What do they they connect? We have some different names for the things, uh, the elements they connect. For example, uh, a quotation from Futuhat says, between these forms, Suwar, of the high spheres, or Luwiyat, and the forms of the low elements, Sufiyat, threads are extended to the most beautiful names and the realities of lordliness. There are uh, the, spe uh, the specific faces or facets of every possible being originated from the uh, being originated from the imperative be through an orientation of God's will. So we have the upper and lower spheres connected with the with the divine names, not in an arbitrary way, but always following the will, uh, the will of, of God. Of course, we have also another idea very important related to raqaiq, which is that of projection and reception. And in chapter two from Futuhat, a chapter entirely devoted to the letters, the science of letters, and Ibn Arabi explains that um, there, there are God has um, three letters, there are three letters that correspond to God, which are Alif, Zain, Lam, and three letters 
which belong, let's so to speak, to man, which are noon, thought, and bod. Both of them, if we multiply them by the three worlds, Mulk, Malakut, and Jabarut, would give us a result, nine spheres. Nine and nine. And even are because the nine got spheres as uh, spheres of projection and the nine uh, human uh, spheres, the spheres of reception. And he says, from each of the essential realities for the nine spheres, subtle bones extend out toward the nine human spheres. And from this reciprocally, go back to the divine spheres. I have remarked this word because I think it's interesting to have in mind that the relation, the, the raqaiq don't, they don't come in one direction only from God to man or from high sphere to low sphere, but also they, they follow the, the contrary path toward their origin. So there is a reciprocity, a dialogue, even as we shall see. Another interesting passage, I think, is uh, this from uh, Futuhat, also, uh, which says, God created rank Matana before he created place, Matan. Then he stretched tenuities, these tenuities are the raqaiq, from rank to specific places. Then he brought into existence the things in their spaces. I think it's interesting this, this idea of creating the rank or the place that corresponds not the place, but the, um, the, the degree, the grade that correspond to, to a creature before creating the creature itself and the place uh, it will be. And, and there is another idea um, connected with this one that says also in, in Futuhat that the raqiqa is created before the haqiqa. Because taking into account that, as we have seen, the raqiqa supplies with existence, something gives knowledge and existence to the, to the things of the world. It is logical to think that you have to create before the thing itself, before it comes to existence, you have to create the raqiqa that will give him or her or it existence. So it may seem a paradox, but it has a logic, uh, taking into account that the raqiqa supplies with existence. The khal and the haq, the haqiqa and the khaliqa, both of them are, uh, uh, are connected uh, by means of uh, raqaiq. Divine names are also uh, connected among them, and, and also with created things in a sort of dialogue. I have uh, displayed here this um, diagram designed by Fenton and Gloton on the basis of the text of Kitamin Dawair. Even Arabic doesn't, he, he usually draws schemes and diagrams, but in this case, this one has been designed by Paul Fenton and, and Maurice Gloton. And I, I, what I wanted to show is only to have a, an image of how intricate this net of, of 
رقائق can be and also show in in one look this um, dialogue or cosmogonic drama among the the divine names i know the the letters are very are tiny but we have different different degrees of divine names and the last the lower globes of the diagram are the the world of the of hell the world of paradise and in between the the world as it is lemon and tom ketel it is very interesting this this uh, kind of dialogue that uh, occurs in kitab anka mughrib and also in kitab insha'a dawair when when um, we see that god talks to his own essence and they both talk to the name um, al-qadir to tell the name murid to put in order the whole cosmos so the um, the origin of of creation it is a, a a sort of dialogue between god and and his essence with um with the names with the rest of name of course every name has a different function in that drama of um, the cosmogony of the of the universe uh, the raqaiq all of these lines in in the in the diagram are raqaiq some of them as you can see are double or in the text it says that some of them are gathered in groups of three uh, three raqaiq and some of them have a name like a proper name so from if we see from the fourth level of uh, divine names we have the race of perfection race of specification race of command race of benefit and damage and finally the race that divide the people of paradise and and people people of hell and so it, it they it somehow are inspired or follow the names of god which are the attributes of god and each raqaiq has um also a function a name if you continue with i i asking ourselves uh, what do this raqaiq link we will find also this this passage in in futuhat al-makiyah that says God has made the human being as the sum of the subtle connection of the whole world and from him to everything in the world a subtle relation extended no is extended sorry yes mumtamad uh, the raqiqa between the servant and every part of the world kul juz'u it says exist according to an affinity or according to what is appropriated unasib with the world and what has an affinity with him with a human being unasib so we have a, a i think a, a very important aspect here which is the, the the likeness or the affinity between the things that are connected through this raqiqa another 
fundamental and basic idea that we find it in the whole doctrine of Ibn Arabi is that the, the human being is the, the locus of not only the haqqaiq of the world, but also the raqqaiq, all those links become uh, united or gathered in the human being, in the, in the servant. Uh, we find the, the word munasaba, imdad, or imtadda, connected with, uh, with uh, the word raqiqa, no? this uh, extension or supply, and munasaba, a correlation, affinity, has a lot to do with, with this raqaiq. Uh, also, a very important aspect is, again, the mutual influence between the two uh, extremes or the two things connected by, by that raqiqa. Another passage here from Futuhat says, there is no form in the lower world without a likeness, mithl, in the higher world. The forms of the higher world preserve the forms of the lower world. Between the two worlds, there are tenuities which extend from each form to its likeness. They are ascending and descending ladders. Sometimes they are called affinities. So again, this idea of likeness or model being similar to something or having a model in, in something, and again, the reciprocity. The raqaiq have uh, implications with uh, the angelology doctrine of, of Ibn Arabi. We have some, some passages that connect very um, obviously these, um, these things, the angels and the raqaiq. For example, there are subtle threads which extend from the universal soul to the throne. These are like ladders, ma'arij, for the angels, while the meanings that descend in these tenuities are like angels. So we have that these uh, threads uh, that make a, a, a net um, in the universe, they are used um, by angels to, to move up, upwards, downwards. We have also in our work that um, it is maybe a pseudo epigraph and not uh, an authentic work by even Arabic. Probably uh, Stephen and Jane can, can uh, know this better, better than me. The, the treatise Shaq al Juyub or Shaq al Jayb. It says, Jibril, Mikael, Israfil, and Azrael, and other chief angels, uh, these uh, luminous uh, universal realities, are the subtle rays from the Muhammadan realities. So we have an identification between haqqaiq and raqqaiq with the angels. So the, the great, these four great angels are at the same time haqqaiq, nuriya, luminous realities, raqqaiq, and also they are a manifestation of the Muhammadan uh, reality, the haqqa muhammadiyya used to exist, uh, well, we could be talking about the Haqqiqa Muhammadiyya for hours because it is also a, a complex 
um, concept with with a lot of facets, but we can see that it's a reality that pre-exists uh, creation. And we have another passage that says, "Whatever these bones meet," and the verb used here is is ishtama. The angel itself is the meeting point, and it is there where the angel comes to existence, Hadatha. This newly arrived uh, fact is thus the angel itself. If it bows with its whole being toward one of the sets of nine spheres, this is the nine spheres we were talking a minute ago, the other side attracts it. It thus comes and goes from one another, Yatarabdadu, also from uh, chapter two. This, this is very interesting for different reasons. First of all, I, I like the idea of using the, the verb hadatha uh, to mean that when two lines are crossed, crossed with each other, an angel take, takes place or happen there because it's a, it's a very dynamic um, image of the, of the universe. No, the angels are not um, established in uh, fixed places. Uh, but they are being created all the time. And they, the, the world of the, the human spheres and divine spheres kind of move, move, uh, back and, back and forth because, uh, the, the, this movement of the, that the angels themselves do. Uh, even Arabic tells us uh, about about the, the movement of the human being, the genies, the gene, and the angel, the angels, and he tells us that the angels are the only creatures able to move in every direction, more than the the human, the three dimension uh, directions that we are uh, in the, the world we we live in, we humans live. So that is very interesting too. Where do these uh, bones tie together? One of the places, so to speak, that these uh, bones are tied together is the, the Ansur Adam, or our greatest element or supreme element, which is um, exposed in, in the treatise Oklatan Mustafis. It doesn't say uh, a lot about this, this element, but compared with, with other books uh, by Ibn Arabi, I think this one is the one uh, in which we can find more information about this cryptic element. We have that. God created in the, uh, in the veiled world of the unseen, al ghaib al-Mastur, a world impossible to unveil from the part of the creatures, which is the greatest element. This creation took place at once without a concatenation of occasion nor causes, and there is no, no access to this element. This greatest or supreme element, it is identified sometime with the mysterious principle of life, the central dot of the cosmos, the prime matter of the philosophers, the divine sustenance, 
and it is more seminal and more basic than the first intellect. And it's been created prior the the first intellect. It is kept in the most hidden of the hidden, and it has a specific inclination toward the world of primary writing. The primary writing is uh, what, take into account that I have translated this from from Arabic to Spanish and then into English. So the I have I have chosen words in English or sentences that may be <laughs> questionable. This primary writing is the Alam At-Tadwin Watastir, so the world of recording and, and writing. The world of recording and writing, it is um, formed by the, the pen and the, and the table, and also the, the ink and the inkwell in a lesser extent. This greatest element is the most perfect among the, the existent things. And if we were not to have a secrecy covenant, which prevents us from exposing its transcendent reality, we would have exposed how everything other than God, that is Masiwala, the creation, is connected to this element. In that inclination, the first intellect was created. It is called first, first intellect, because it is the first of the world of the writing or, or the worlds, the worlds of the, the writing. So we have here that the um, first intellect or pen emerges from an inclination of this uh, greatest element. From the first intellect, subtle relations, raka'iq, are extended to the soul, the prime matter, the body, the fixed stars, the center, and the elements. And through an ascending movement, they reach in, in gender beings, the human being, and the greatest element, where these subtle relations tie together. And he uses in Iqad, no, in to make a, a knot. That is the origin of uh, 46,656,000 subtle relations. As Mohammed Yusuf Hajj has um, pointed out in his even um, Arabic time and cosmology, this number is the, the cube of 360, which is the, uh, the degrees of a, of a sphere. Um, a little uh, further in Auklat and Mustafis, it is explained that the pen has 360 tips, 360 facets, and 360 tongues. So these three things multiplied by three would give this number of subtle relations gathered in the, in the supreme element. In relation of in relation to the sphere of the world of the world, the greatest element would be the central dot and the circumference would be the pen, while the tablet is what is between them both. And in the same way the dot comprehends the circumference in its essence, this element comprehends in its essence all of the facets of the pen which constitute those subtle relations we talked about before. They are one in the element 
and they multiply themselves in the intellect according to the diverse modes of reception of the elements in the intellect. That's why the greatest element is stronger when recognizing the unity of its creator, because it is able to unite or gather all this multiplicity displayed in the universe through uh, the manifestation of the pen on the table. This um, greatest element, which is very, very mysterious and, and cryptic, has been identified by Mohammed Yusuf Hash in the mentioned book as the, um, the single monad, as the smallest and, and most um, simple base of creation. No, it's like the, the um, smallest and ba most basic model of the of the universe and it has a, a special relation to water this is unsur adam because uh, in in a passage in in Oklat al mustafis and ibn arabi mentioned the greatest element and he says that we would understand what the greatest element mean if we understood the Quranic ayah we made from water every living thing in Quran 2130. It, ha it has also a lot to do with the name, the divine name Al-Hay, the, the living one, and also the name of names, the, the supreme name Ism Adam, which is secret and comprehends the other names some, in a way. The other place where these bones, these raqa'iq, tie together are, as we have seen, uh, the perfect human being, the, the insan al-kamil. We have in Uqlat al-Mustawf, God made him arise as a perfect copy of the universe, bringing together in himself from the forms of the contingent realities, as well as the names referred to the eternal. He made him, exalted be he, as an intelligible essence linking Rabbit to realities, the contingent and the eternal. He created him as an isthmus, barzakh, that brings together the two sides and the two subtle relations. We have here this raqiqatain that um, are supposed to mean the raqiqa, um, contingent and the raqiqa eternal, no? those two aspects which are opposite and contradictory are linked in, in the human being. I want to, um, I don't usually make uh, comparisons with, uh, between concepts, even Arabic concepts of um, well, no, the doctrines or concepts with those outside the Islamic tradition because this um, it's a, a risk and it uh, it can can be superficial if you don't know deeply the other elements of the of the comparison. 
but I think in this case, it is it's very inspire, inspiring and it can give us some keys. If we think about or reflect about the, the idea of cross knot and from that knot, the tissue axis, tree human being and cross and the cross itself, because we could conclude some some aspect to, uh, that could help us understand what is the importance or, or the underlying ideas in this uh, universe that present Ibn Arabi full of crosses, of links, full of knots or uh, tying ups of uh, threads or ropes. And it is René Guénon, as you as you are seeing here, these two, two of his uh, most popular um, books on the study of, of, of symbols. As you know, René Guénon was an uh, Orientalist and he became Muslim also. And I wanted to read something that he says about the knot because um, I think it, it is very interesting and it has it keeps a relation to some some of the ideas that we have seen in, in Oklat al Mustafis in this treatise. The title itself, I haven't said that this, but the, the title of the, the book itself, Okla al Mustafis, they have the the word not in it. The Okla is Okla means fetter, lock. Uh, not and these two words Oklat and Mustafis don't occur in the rest of the book they are only in the title so we must suppose what or conclude what is the relation between that strange title and the the content of the book and I think the the key is in the um, the word aql as the intellect and ukla as as a knot because one of the the central aspects of this book is the the intellect al precisely and also the human being so this is what rene Guénon tells us about the bond and the knot he says that the basic symbolism of the bond uh, is that of the link of all state of existence, one to another, and them to their principle. What is essential in every case is that the line should be unbroken. So we, I recall again the this idea by Ibn Arabi that says that in the universe, the things are mutasila and not muqati'a. So we, we shall not see the universe cut it with fragmented elements. So he says, René Guénon, what is essential in every case is that the line should not be broken. The path of the line may be more or less complicated. Thus, the thread may double back on itself so as to form intertwining or knots. Each of these knots represent the point of operation of the forces 
corresponding to this or that state of manifestation. So we could say that it is this knot which maintains the being in the state in question. The points of your intersection of the threads of the, of, uh, the warp and of the woof. So we're talking about now about a, a tissue. A, a tissue is nothing more than uh, a concatenation of crosses made of thread by which the entire tissue is formed also have a similar meaning. These threads being in a way the lines of strength that define the structure of the cosmos. The knot can have um, a negative meaning, it's ambiguous. So if we think about the, the concept of the knot as a fetter, as an obstacle, we would uh, say that it is attached or it is what attach us to a certain special condition of existence from which we cannot escape, no? The knot fixes the being in a determined state, but at the same time, it is what unites the multiple states to their principle. So that far from being a feta, it becomes, on the contrary, the means by which the being can actually rejoin its uh, principle and the very path that leads, leads him to that goal. So we, had, we would have here this double meaning of, of, the, of the okla, which, which is so, poses so many problems or questions when it comes to translating or understanding the meaning of Oklatal Mustafis, and with the knot that fixes you, but at the same time, that lets you be connected with the other elements of creation, and of course with God and the, the realm of, of the divine. Secondary symbols are, are derived from that of the knot, which are, uh, as I have said, the, the tissue, and, but also the, the axis, the tree, the human being, and the cross. The, the symbol of the cross may, may have a very old astronomical origin, but the, also the, the primary meaning of, of the, the cross is that of the, the four directions of the movement, something in which even Arabi uh, insists in chapter two from, from Futuhat when he explains the movement of the angel. It means also, it refers to the human being and its double expansion horizontally and vertically. It means the union of the contraries and the resolution of the opposites, the very um, core of the, of the cross, the two opposites forces are become become one and in also in other religious it it, it is um, identical to to the concept of tree tree of life and also the axis of the world which is an idea that we find in in Oklat and Mustafis when uh, even Arabi says that the al-aql uh, al-awal the first intellect works as the 
axis of the of the world. And of course, uh, this this function is played also by by the uh, universal uh, servant, the perfect human being. He he works up as the the pivot uh, or the the axis of of the whole universe. René Guénon, in, in his book, Le, Le Symbolisme de la Croix, explains also how in, in India, in the religions of, of, of the spiritual traditions from, from India, this idea of tissue is very present in, in sacred texts. For example, the word sutra, the, the sutra is the teaching of, uh, the teaching of Buddha, means thread and, and, and tantra means also a concatenation of threads or, or crosses. And it is not only used this idea of the tissue to compare it with texts, but also with the, the world. They, they say that the, the whole world or worlds are woven as a chain and um and a weft. So I I, I wanted to to finish with this um, these ideas uh, that may come from other spiritual traditions, um, but I think they can they can be interesting compared with with those exposed by Ibn Arabi in his treatise Sukhlat al Mustafis and in Shaddawai and Anka Mugri, which uh, he talks about the, the Raqaiq, and of course in Futuhat, which is a, a, a treasure of, of ideas, concepts, and, and doctrines. And I only want to thank you for, for your attention and, and let this door open, because I know that this is not a, um, a close, as I said in the beginning, a close presentation with everything in its concrete place and with a univocal meaning. But I hope you you like these these ideas, and you may ensure you you can contribute to to the things that I have spoken here. <laughs> Thank you very much.